Hi, I'm Mark Anime from the new hit series on sci-fi called Helix, and you are listening to the TV Times 3 podcast. We sit glued to the TV set all night, and every night, why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright, we got nothing better to do than watch TV. Hello and welcome to TV Times 3, episode 217. On this episode, we've got some news and then we'll be taking, nope, we'll be talking about the season one finale of Almost Human and recent episodes of How I Met Your Mother, Revolution, Helix, and The Good Wife, plus a reality check and a TV on DVD pick. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 217. I'm Amory from mytakeontv.com. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week we have joining us... I'm Daryl from Golden Spiral Media. Welcome, Daryl. Thanks Thank for, you joining for joining us. us. You know, it seems appropriate I should be on episode 217 because my birthday is February 17th. Oh, is everybody go. buying him presents? <laughs> I will take presents. <laughs> Bring them on. <laughs> That's right. Excellent. You can go to my Amazon wish list at... <laughs> hey, it would be the first time the Amazon wish list was brought up on this podcast. I think I say it every year. I'm like, guys, you can go look for it. It's all TV on DVD that I still need. So, yes, yeah, so welcome. Thank you for joining us. We didn't warn you. Has Daryl been on the podcast before? Uh, yes, he's been on once before, but you weren't on the podcast that way. But week. I wasn't on the podcast, so this is our first time chatting. We right. already said our hellos and nice to meet you offline, but again, welcome. Thank you for joining us. You were saying um, hello to Daryl offline? No wonder. I did. <laughs> he had no idea. <laughs> uh, once again... I had issues with my sound, volume, headset, computer in general. So what else is new, I should add? And that brings us... Speaking of new things. <laughs> Here's the news. Okay. Fox, a lot of stuff going on with Fox. Fox has renewed Brooklyn Nine-Nine for a second season, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, the following and the Mindy Project for a third, which I'm also happy for, and New Girl for a fourth. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine was just my favorite new show. And the following has been scary, and I don't care if people tell me I shouldn't like it. I <laughs> like it just fine. That darn internet telling you stuff I mean, that you're not supposed to like. I mean, internet all the time that I'm not supposed to like this show because they don't like this show. Well, I like it, so deal with it, people. Um, the Mindy Project I love. I don't think it's the, like second coming or whatever because I know a lot of people are kind of obsessed with it and I've seen all the write-ups about how fantastic it is and while I don't believe that necessarily I think it's very good I think they need to figure out what they're doing with Adam Pally um, but otherwise I, I'm i glad to see that getting a third season and then um, New Girl hopefully New Girl can settle down and even out and be solid for a fourth season yeah, very happy that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is getting picked up, but not necessarily surprised after it got the you know the Golden Globe knobs and stuff right. like that. Mm-hmm. The following, sure, unless it completely tanks, there's no reason that Fox is not going to keep Kevin right. Bacon. On, I do wonder like what they could possibly do about it. Yeah, because but... they've already sort of meandered around so far this season with uh, right. trying to I- expand things out and. Uh, Unless that that's what it's going to become is they're going to start adding in other sort of cult leading cult leaders right. Uh, right. with followings that uh, that that'll be what they're chasing all the time, not necessarily the same one uh, all the time. Right. But that'll that'll be interesting to see where they go because it it'll it'll really seem 
I mean, it's already pushing it, but if they're still chasing Joe Carroll around in season three, yeah. that especially since they've pushed the time frame a lot. I mean, as much as I love James Purefoy, like a third season with Joe around, just <laughs> I just can't fathom it. Well, even in, unless they do the uh, they put him in jail behind the the glass wall and. Ryan Hardy has to go visit him occasionally to right, uh, get right. insight on the the mind of the <laughs> the cult leader. But yeah, the the Mindy project has gotten well, at least at least with like half of what's going on on the show, they seem to have figured some things out of of things that like work really well. Right. And so I'm very interested to see where they come back for the last few episodes of the season and what they yeah. do with those. But they do need to figure out the cast was already too big and then they added people this season and then they have this whole giant lineup of like recurring characters that yeah that show up you know that aren't even part of the major cast but seem like they are at times right that uh i don't know they really uh, they might serve be better served if they could like shrink things down and really focus on you know like maybe like five characters or something like that like i'm happy to like i keep saying this but i'm really happy to see Adam Pally, like, have a job. Because <laughs> yeah, I loved him on Happy Endings. I just... I would rather see him on doing a job somewhere I'd rather else. see him on Happy Endings. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that's some renewals. Um, Daryl, do you watch any of them? Uh, not not really. The the following a little bit, I, I keep up with it anyway, and I listen to, I actually produce a podcast for TV Talk on the following, so I, I kind of keep up with it through that way. I was a little bit surprised that it got renewed uh, already. I thought they would wait until the end of the season, and I was hoping yeah. that they would give us some word on, on Almost Human before they gave us word on the following, but, uh, but that's really the only one of those that I that I keep up with at all. Gotcha. So here's another Fox bit. Fox has shoveled Rake off to Friday nights where Kitchen Nightmares was scheduled to play. And now Hell's Kitchen will return to kick off Thursdays, which did anybody not see that coming? Except I was like, it, it took me a while to re- to realize that it was, they weren't just swapping the things. They were postponing Kitchen Nightmares until <laughs> later and, yeah. and bringing Hell's Kitchen back earlier i am um i am what's the word i'm looking for i'm sad for what it might mean for enlisted because now it's going to have even a lower show to bolster it and they're not trying it anywhere else it seems like um which is terrible because enlisted is so charming um i just yeah i I really would uh would have liked to have seen well from what i've seen of surviving jack i don't know maybe that'll you know get an audience or something like that but I would have liked to have seen something like Enlisted get, since I liked it better from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, a better shot. You know, at something like being behind American Idol or right or something like that. And so, I don't know. I I would hope, but it's it's been kind of s- s- so low rated. But also, it's been on Fridays, and half of its run has been after reruns reruns of Bones. So it's not like it's had this great shot. Yeah, that's uh, true. And so I'm I'm wondering if they might give it, you know, like the 13 episode order or something like that to have to I mean, Fox is a something. big fan of whether the show is doing well or not. They want to be in business with certain people, like Mindy. Like Mindy Mindy's ratings are not good. Brooklyn Nine-Nine's ratings aren't great and New Girl went down, but they want to be in business with these people. So I feel like they want to be in business with Kevin and Doozer. They're trying to build, you know, a comedy back 
you know, some of their comedies. You can't just cut everything right. if you want to try and build some comedies into your into your lineup. But uh, that sort of flows into the next thing on the list. Oh, my God. I'm so sad about this. Fox, uh, <laughs> lastly, has announced that the fourth season of Raising Hope will be its last. And the one-hour series finale, which they say they did right for, um, will air April 4th at 9, 8 central. Yeah, disappointing because I like the show, but I'm less disappointed when something gets, you know, four seasons. Yeah, it's true. You're talking right. 88 or more episodes. I can't remember if they've done more. I think they just made it to syndication. Yeah, I, I can't like, remember. Because 88's the new model instead of 100. I can't remember if they had, you know, because some of the comedies do like 24 episodes. And and I can't remember if they had a shorter season one time or earlier yeah, on or something. Either. Uh, but they've got to be, you know, somewhere around the in the 80s to 90 episodes or something like that. So, right. you know, a show gets that many episodes. I'm I'm disappointed. I'm always disappointed when something I like leaves the airwaves, but less disappointed when something I like has gotten four seasons. And apparently they knew ahead of time. Right. That so they can give it an actual series finale type of episode. Right. And so that'll that'll be good, but but yeah, that that it hasn't been doing that well on Friday nights, uh, which we all kind of knew was going to happen when it was put on Friday nights. But you, you still, it's like it's it's Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> like, although there are some things that do pretty well on Friday nights, uh, which you know maybe why maybe people are more into the action sci-fi stuff that are home on Friday nights than uh, they're looking for comedy. So. That's because yeah. the sci-fi people don't have dates. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let you guys say it. I wasn't going to be the one to say that. <laughs> it's like, the, you know, sci-fi, sci-fi channel, Friday nights are, they always yep. have a, at least one show on, on a Friday nights. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of you know, of the scripted variety. So. Uh, and then Grimm's been, has done pretty solidly for NBC, and yeah, I don't know. I really hope that Enlisted gets, uh, you know, at least some small shot at uh, at doing something. I still, for <laughs> still would have liked to have seen Enlisted get a shot, like Brooklyn Nine Nine Enlisted New Girl Mindy Project as a Tuesday, right? I know. <laughs> like, at some point in time, but no, Fox had to. Basically, kill two shows by continuing to run dads. You know, it's like oh, dads. Dads oh. is not coming back, and and then by not giving another show a shot in that time period, yeah. you've basically killed that. You know, possibly killed that show off too. So, oh, dads. Um. Okay. So that's the, that's Fox News. <laughs> FX has renewed Archer for a sixth and seventh season. I mean, usually when shows are renewed for two seasons, it's kind of so that they can plan for a two-season end. But I feel like Archer will go on indefinitely, so I don't necessarily think that's the case for this show. Um, but I'm very excited. I love I love what they're doing with the Archer Vice this season. I think it's hysterical. Um, well, and that could I, be their new thing, is that every couple every of seasons... Every season they do something new. ...is they could start just parodying some, for, you know, some former TV show type of thing. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Uh, that, that, you know... And and change it up uh, every season or two or something like that, and then it 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 stays uh, it stays fresh. So that's 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they, they're so creative. I wouldn't put it past them to do something like that, and I love them. And then lastly, in the more good news, TBS has renewed Ground Floor for a second season, which, I'll be honest, in talking to Bill when I saw him last week, he gave me the impression that it was done, like it was a once and done. But then a day later, it was renewed. <laughs> so I don't know if he was trying to, like, downplay it because he's not as involved with Ground Floor as he is with this other stuff. Or that he was uh, talking up the star of Ground Floor as one of the stars. As one of the stars of, of the uh, show. It Scrubs the Musical. Oh, yeah, Briga. Briga. Well, here's the thing. So they just loved her so much. They loved Briga Healing so much that they, like, worked it out so that she could do both shows. And she'll continue to do both shows because she's just so funny. She's so good. Yeah, but when you're that, it, it works out when you're, you're, especially right now when you're talking something like Undateable that, yeah. Once it finally airs, you're only talking about what, like maybe 13 episodes, right? That they they right. may have filmed or they or did film at 13 episodes, and, and then they're and then hilarious. TBS does like 10, 10 episode season. So you're talking yeah. about like a full TV season, you know, yeah. of like network shows or something. So incidentally, it's not on our news, but Undateable's so good, and the guys are so funny, and they're just the nicest people in the world. I want it to do so well, and I just wish that NBC would give it a freaking date already because I just. Uh, but it's undateable. But it's undateable. <laughs> this is true. They just they're, can't date they're, it. They're I just, finding it hard to give it a date. Oh, I just want it to do well. That's all. That's all. I, I like the idea of that show just sort of based on. They used to build uh, sitcoms around, like, a sitcom about around a stand up comic and give them. You know, whatever. So I kind of like the idea of building a show around four stand-up comics. And seeing yes, and... four. There. I mean, I said it in my interview, and it's so cliche. But I sat there watching these guys. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. My cheeks hurt. I was laughing so hard, and I was like, "And Bill says that they get away. Like they are allowed to do their own stuff. They, you know, they stick to the script and all this stuff. But if if what they do in stand-up." Even, like, 50%, even 25% of it translates to the show. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious, and it's something people will relate to. But as we've seen uh, with... But as we've seen with NBC's with late spring... <laughs> with NBC, they, they take, at least from our perspective, Amory, they take what we believe to be their best comedy show potential... And run it into the ground. And run them late in the season at weird times or back-to-back yeah. -back or... Yeah. Uh, with this. no promotion, and then they just die a quick death, and you're just like, but meanwhile, they put on some other show and but tried to run. Meanwhile, Growing Up Fisher is still on. Yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, yeah, they, they put on a couple other shows, like a, a Michael J. Fox that they have to run all the episodes, or or Sean right. Saves the World that wasn't that, but something that's actually different or feels a little bit different and works but at least on the other hand, we're going to get to see one of a couple of those people uh, that got one of those short-lived uh, sitcoms on NBC getting a second shot at a at a comedy on USA Network. So yes, I hope it's basically the exact same comedy. <laughs> I feel I feel like I love the ladies from Best Friends Forever, and I feel like Best Friends Forever was them in real life. Like they are them in real life. So I'm just hoping that Playing House continues that trend of Jess and, and Lennon just being themselves and making me laugh because I love those ladies. But anyway, that's our news. Like, we, we are so off on a tangent, but that's our news. And 
So any other news is out there. You can find it. And it turns out that's what the three stands for in TV Times 3 is there's three tangents per episode. There's three tangents <laughs> for like half hour. And I, so there's one more to real. There's one more there's to look forward to. There's one more to, to come. <laughs> um, wait, what was our first tangent? I don't know. I think we started talking about uh, Enlisted. We started talking about Enlisted in there. And that wasn't on the list. But now on to... On to prime time. Um, okay. Our first show on prime time is Almost Human. Season 1, episode 13, Straw Man, parentheses, season, maybe series, but I hope not, finale, and parentheses. Okay. I'm just going to put it out there that I don't really like Michael Ely. <laughs> and I think everybody knows this because I think he's kind of dead behind the eyes. Uh, even though his eyes are beautiful. But he's playing a robot. But he's I'm... playing a robot. <laughs> and I totally buy him as a robot. I'm not really sure what that says. But I really liked him and Carl Urban together. And so I really do hope that it wasn't the end for the show. Yeah, I hope it's not the end of the show. I think at least some of the things that we saw and and some of the things that they set up along the way, mm-hmm. I think could provide a basis for a show that can make a leap, you know, some sort of a jump in the second season, something like what fringe did possibly. So I don't know. How about you, Daryl? I'm sure you're looking, you would like to see uh, more uh, almost human. Uh, Yeah. I'm still trying to recover from her, her comment about Michael Ely. How can you you say that? I've just never been a fan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, each person is entitled to their own opinion as wrong as it may be. I have found him weirdly charming as a robot. I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> Her yeah. biggest complaint of Michael Ely is that he's dead. He, she feels that he's dead behind the eyes and robotic. But, robot. then, but yet he's playing then, a robot. But I keep saying, but, but this, this he's playing a robot, so you shouldn't have a yeah, problem with it. This is the perfect role for him. <laughs> I've been I think saying that all season. Been, I've yeah. enjoyed it. He's- He's More playing it so well. He's yeah. he's a little bit of human. He's a little bit of robot, and and he's not like an MX or anything. He's complete where they're completely robotic. So I do like that. It's very you know he could have just been this guy who's a little bit different than the MXs, but he does give it such a he does instill it with like a human quality. I think this is the first time I've seen him in something where I actually like really don't mind him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that's not high praise, but considering where I've come from oh, to where I am now, it Once is again. high praise. Once again, the pull quote on the cover of the DVD. Uh, I can't wait to see that one, Amory. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Michael Ely, he's so good. I actually didn't mind him in this. I didn't mind My it. take on TV. <laughs> yeah, that'll sell it. Uh you know, here's the analogy that I put in our uh, our Almost Human podcast this last week, and I've been thinking about it a little bit more uh, since we recorded that a few days ago. But the analogy is, is, is still pretty solid, I think. But it, I feel like it, if, if you want to throw out a baseball analogy – they, they, they've got all these things on base. Uh, so on, on, and there's going to be more than three bases here. So for this analogy to work, it's like <laughs> some, uh, weird, it's, some weird. It's uh, some weird futuristic baseball. baseball. Yes, yes. <laughs> so on first base you have uh, in syndicate. On second base you have Anna and the listening devices, which are closely related to in syndicate. On third base you have Dr. Vaughn and, and the android army that he's building. Of course, 
uh, on fourth base is the wall. Dr. Vaughn went on the other side of the wall. That was the last time we saw him or, or the wall. Uh, fifth base would be why did Maldonado specifically choose to put Dorian and Kennex together? And sixth base, you might have the backstory here with Valerie that she's said is a long story but doesn't want to get into. Well, at some point she needs to get into that because <laughs> she brought it up. Right. You have all these great storylines um, that were brought out in this season, but yet when we got to the season finale, none of those, you know, you left all those guys on base. You yeah. struck out. None of those guys were, were, were even hit in. And so uh, they have all these guys left out there on base at the end of the season. And I think the show needs to figure out what is it, what it's going to do. Because if it's going to set up stories like these that lead the audience to want to know more about those things then they need to make the show less episodic and more uh, of a serialized show where, yeah, you can still have these individuals, individualized stories. Fringe did this for a while, and they, they struggled, as Jason, as you mentioned. The first season, Fringe was still trying to find its way. So I think in season two, if they're given the chance, and I hope that they are, if they can figure out a way to still deliver some of these nice, clean episodes but have these players that they left on base tie in more frequently then they'll find a good blend but as it is right now they put all these guys out there and and didn't hit any of them in before the the season was over and so uh game you know the game we lost the game i feel like i feel disappointed like we left guys on base that i wanted to get hit in sound like the phillies (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i have two things after two things after all that one is i now i'm picturing guys standing on bases holding another guy like they're about to walk over the threshold with their bride, uh, <laughs> but running the bases, you know, holding another person. I don't know why, but that's the picture I, I got from what you were saying. And, okay. And two, Amory, was your favorite part of Michael Ely when he pretended to be an MX in the, in the last episode? <laughs> I was like, that was that like the perfect part for him? I mean, it was it was it was good. No, but I I think you're you're right, Daryl. Is that's where I say that, you know, the, the potential going into a future, you know, into another season is they've laid all these different things out there. Mm-hmm. You know, even the the little bit of, you know, what was this uh, graphic and extra code that was found inside of Dorian? Right. There's all these things, like how many of those things go together? Like you said, how much does uh, the captain know and... Uh, about certain things and what her reasoning was for uh, for putting these two together besides the you know just the on the surface type of stuff uh there's there's definitely got to be something more there um there's just so many different things like that mm-hmm. that I think you have the basis for creating a lot more interesting overarching storyline during a season I really like the epi- the episodes that they did I like the idea of them doing those in the future, uh, not just that I'm talking the future of the show, not necessarily that they're doing episodes set in the future, but that uh, they tackle interesting topics within what they're doing and give you a potential future of where this type of technology could go. I think those, Mm -hmm. I think those type of things that they do within the episodes are interesting. I just really wish that all these other things that like you talked about, Daryl, that they would have spent a little bit more time tying those things together and creating a better overarching story 
for the, you know the the course of the season, and it's something that I think that they could find that right, which is what I thought they were originally going for uh, when I've he- you know heard about the development of the series and stuff like that. That that the series was going to be more of that hybrid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, starting out like that you would you would still get an episode of the week. You know, there's going to be a, a murder or a crime to solve, but that more times than not, that those would play into the bigger story right? or, yeah. or touch on the bigger story. But there was never there was never like a bigger story. It seemed like, you know, in the pilot, they set up one big story and then almost never touched it again. Right. And then they bring on the doctor that created Dorian and the other ones. And you go, wow, that's setting up a potential big story, but then they never touch on that again. Yeah, it's insane. There's a lot of potential big stories that they've set in motion and then never really talked about them again in any cohesive thing. I mean, it really bothered me in the series, not just that they played episodes out of order. Yeah, that Chrome episode, and then they played like a Chrome episode later where they explained what Chromes were. I was like, hold on. (laughs) Yeah, well, just... uh, the overall thing is, is, like, this episode, it's sort of just sort of, the only thing it did was close out sort of like his father storyline. Right. Right. It's about the episodes playing out of order. Is I look back at those episodes, and even if they had played in order, while overall things would have made uh, more sense because, you know, having the fourth episode as the tenth episode felt so... Not that some of those story items wouldn't didn't actually make sense to come later in the story, but him all of a sudden back popping the pills and stuff like that, where you hadn't seen him do that for right. for like seven episodes, was really strange. Right. That type of stuff fell out of place. Uh, but if you look back at those episodes, if you would have seen what happened in the first four, and then where they picked up and played the fifth episode as the second, and what they did after that some of the stuff that they hit on in like the pilot and the first couple episodes, even if they'd, the episodes had played in order, they still never touch on those things ever again Yeah. for, for like the most part, they, yep. all the stuff about the, you know, like the, the listening and stuff like that. I think that all would have came in like the first four episodes, but then the idea that, that it still boggles my mind it, all that time is like it's for all that time. It was like, uh, a whole group tried to this big plan to break into your evidence lockup, and then you say at the end of the episode that you're you're trying to figure out what they were looking for, and then you never mention it again. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like a, a really big, uh, you know, type of thing, and that you know he's trying to remember mm-hmm. stuff, and if you had played through, he would have found the listening device, but then by the end of the season, you never really mentioned again that they're anything about them looking for yeah, exactly. who was, uh, other than the fact that that's where they may have found out about the raid or something like that. As right. they heard them on a phone call through this listening device or something, but yet they never passed those episodes. They never really mentioned it. So those are who the knows? type of things that I hope that with all the episodes that they did is that they figured out what things worked and what ideas are interesting to go forward to a second season and that they could yeah. really, if they get picked up, that they could really plan a second season. Who knows? Who knows? To have a better overarching story along with the interesting episodes of the week. Uh, that's what I'd like to see. 
And I'd also like to see them keep it on just do another 13 episode yeah. uh, season, but maybe... And I feel like Fox is going to do that. I feel like Fox is really going to concentrate on doing 13 episode seasons and not stretching too thin. But maybe not start it so late that you have to have a, a gazillion breaks in the, me- in, <laughs> in the middle of it. That was, that yeah. was the yeah. only thing is by the time it ended, they were... Because they even skipped some weeks where they played like a repeat of it, yet, and you're just like, why Why aren't they playing a new episode tonight? There's a new episode of the other show on tonight, but not this one. Right. Uh, I don't know. Fox did some weird th- stuff. Kevin Riley came out uh, about a month or so ago and, and mentioned that they were going to stick to more of these short seasons, you know, Sleepy Hollow, The Following, Almost Human, all three of those shows have done that. So I think that that could be a favorable thing for almost human when just talking about is it going to get a second season or not because if you're going to do shows with shorter seasons then you're going to need a larger number of shows to fill the same amount of broadcast weeks so hopefully that'll work in its favor well i'm hoping that something like the cancellation of the x factor is a good sign for something like almost Human. that's right yeah that frees up a a lot of time is that there's that's three hours of uh prime time space they need to fill in the fall so so moving on to our second show, How I Met Your Mother, Season 9, Episode 19, Vesuvius. Okay, Amory. I, <laughs> the thing I have to ask you is the thing that everybody's been talking about for the last, <laughs> for the last okay. week. Is what did you think from the final scene of the episode? Okay, so remember that episode a long time ago where Ted was like, I wish I had more time to spend with you. From that episode, I've been convinced that she was dead. Have you mentioned that before when we've talked about the show? Did you mention um, that before? Because I don't remember, but I just like to me the way that he was, how emotional about it he was, and how he'd just give anything to be with her for more time. I was like, okay, something's wrong. She's dead. So I wasn't surprised to see how they like made it so emotional, made it seem like she was dead. Because to me, it wasn't anything. Versus Ray, who was like, I never even thought about that before. That's, that's where I'm I at. I thought they were talking about like she's like. I thought they were talking about, like, maybe her parents couldn't come. I thought they were talking about his mother wasn't wasn't able to have been at their wedding. Because but something... that wouldn't make sense about, like, the daughter thing. Because they were like, a mother should be at her daughter's wedding. I don't know. I don't really understand why it's such a big conspiracy. Like, not conspiracy, but, like, deal now. Because I feel like it was also a big deal then. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just one of those things that, in that scene... It never even crossed my mind. Yeah. And then I kept I hadn't watched the episode yet uh, when I started seeing people talking about yeah. what do you think about like the twist at the end or stuff. So like I was listening to other podcasts and they started talking about how I met your mother. And I was like, no, I don't want to know what this is yet until I watch it myself. And then when I watched it, I was like, what? What's the twist? What are what? What's the twist that? people are talking about and so then i had to go out they were and like, really about it. like they were obsessed with the idea that yeah, they were like, then i had to go out and read articles and listen to end up you know then finish listening to some of those podcasts that i was listening to where they were talking about it yeah. to see that they were talking about and yeah there were people talking about that and were like upset about the potential of that and i guess that's a possibility i mean i you could watch that scene and there's like six different things that could possibly fit why they were sad at the making of that comment. Uh, But everybody jumped to that. The mother's dead in the future. And I guess 
and and that sort of fits in with in the future you you never hear him say anything about like Corinne the, or like something the yeah, mother I, presently or something yeah uh, he's talking about how I met your mother but to me that's another thing is if the mother had died in the future and you're setting your teenage kids down it seems to me that the story you would be telling them would be about your mother not about yeah. how I met your mother <laughs> that that seems like that would be a really weird story to to sit down and say it'd be like <laughs> yeah your mom's been gone for like a year now but let me tell you about how I met her and then right. which ends up being nothing about the actual mother <laughs> uh, that that would be a weird story to tell. Well, not until the ninth season of his story, anyway. <laughs> I just, I, I would hope that they don't do it. I would hope that they don't write her as dead because <laughs> we waited so long to like meet her. Well, it seems like it's comedies hit, you know, emotional things like that. Characters die, Mar you know, like Marshall's father died. Those yeah. were pretty emotional episodes. And, you know, episodes end, you know, even on comedies, they end on sort of a down note, not on a, you know, a high comedic yeah. note. But that seems like a really bizarre way to end a comedy series. Like, <laughs> like you can Agreed. end an episode along the way that way. But that would be a weird thing to end the series that way. But I was just blown away by the whole idea that looking back at it, I'm thinking that maybe... I had heard somebody mention that as a possibility before or something, but I really, it never crossed my mind while I was watching the episode. Like I said, so much so that I was like, what is this twist that everybody's talking about? Well, I saw everybody get upset about it. And because I had already thought she was dead, I was like, what is going on? Like, what could possibly have been such a big twist? Did they kill her already? <laughs> like, that's what, because I, I was seeing everybody on Twitter being like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. I'm like, is she dead? Like, did they kill her? But that's not what happened. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's another. Well, it's a, you know, it's another case of people reading into something and then getting all ticked off and having really, like I said, you can you you can backtrack and try and fit some other things into that as a possibility. Yeah. But other things work just as well. Yeah. And so, I <laughs> and so to get mad at that one thing. And yeah. have no idea whether that's going to be the case. You know, wait three weeks. Yeah. And if that it's turns out to be weeks. the case, exactly. then be upset. You right, exactly. Like, it's always this, it's like this preemptive, the internet is always preemptively pissed off at everything. It's true. And then more times than not, a lot of those things turn out to be perfectly fine. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. The next show is... Revolution, season two, episode 15, Catcher. I haven't watched since about season one, episode eight. <laughs> You've missed a lot of great stuff. This is what I hear. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah, that's around the time that the, that the first season actually got interesting for a little while. Right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, all right, she's gone. <laughs> it's getting good. <laughs> well, I, apparently that was the... That was that was what happened for season two. Is it's like okay, now we're going to pursue some really interesting ideas. Too bad everybody stopped watching after season one. Yeah, and even some of those that, that kept st stuck around, 
This show's gone a whole lot more sci-fi in this season, so I've seen a few comments here and there. They're like, oh, this show's nothing but sci-fi now. I don't like it as much. And, uh, and you're like, uh, the first season was all about how nanotech took away the electricity. <laughs> you're like, yeah, see, but the first season, they were like, they weren't really so uh, uh, out in the open about their sci-fi. They were kind of coddling it close and saying, yes, this is sci-fi, but we're not telling you, you know. Well, it now it's uncloaked. Really long, yeah, it took a long time to get to like the revelation of actually what the technology was that they had, you know, some of them had worked on and stuff like right. that. But, but you're just like, um, there's something in that in you know, coming. <laughs> it's true. They've, they've definitely gone more, uh, that direction. what did you think of the, the alternate world episode? I loved it. I loved what they did with it. It was so much fun. It was good to see the characters in a different way, even though they were still, technically only in the in the mind of Aaron. So what we saw them was just kind of a a depiction of how Aaron visualizes them in this regular world in his own mind, but it was still incredibly clever. I can imagine the writers had a tremendous amount of fun writing this episode. I laughed out loud more than I have in any other episode. And there's always funny moments in every single episode. Um, so it was fun to see the characters in a different light. It was fun to kind of see Aaron's internal perspective on each of those characters and I, I liked how it had an inception feel and it had a matrix feel which they were pretty clear that they were um yeah. paying homage to, to the matrix they they mentioned it so that we weren't like ah oh, it was a ripoff um you know it was really clever it was really well done it, it got me in the end when when they were still in the dream within the dream uh, so now they were in. The, they were like the dream within a dream within a dream. I thought he had woken up, but didn't realize he was on that third level. So um, I needed Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt there to help me out with that, <laughs> and I, I didn't see it. It was great. I sort of felt like there was still, you know, it's one of those where you're watching, and just based on you know that there's still some time left in the episode, your brain goes, "There's still something else going to happen here." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they still they still kind of got me with the the secondary uh, dream and then him with him uh, uh, fixing it. The only thing that bothers me with those types of things is now you never know when somebody's in. <laughs> like he he leaves again, but right. this time he really leaves, and you're like or he is he? he is really <laughs> leaving, right? <laughs> like yeah, is, there, <laughs> yeah. That's right. You have to kind of question it. But surely by the end of the episode, he's actually back in, unless the whole show is in a dream. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll Can be, you imagine if they were like, surprise? That'll be, yeah, that's, yeah, that'll be the series finale is that we made it. Is the show was uh, true until he made it to Lubbock. And then everything after that has just been a dream within. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is him passed out in, in his <laughs> little office in Google. He's had a little too much uh, monster energy drink and he's passed out, got the Cheetos crammed around his face. He'll wake up. Wow. That was crazy. And he, and he wakes up and he'll have been playing a, a video game called revolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be clever, but a little bit infuriating at the same time. Yeah. I, I think a lot of this season has been interesting. I wish they would get a little more into more about the Patriots uh, and and what's going on there. But what they have done is interesting. But now they have the fixed nanotech. Right. And now they're not dying. And so 
we've already seen that they can do whatever they want. They can light people on fire. They can put right. you in a dream state <laughs> and make yeah. you think that you're actually up walking around. And so that type of stuff makes me go, is like, what are they going to do with that in the future of the series? Like, it almost seems too powerful in some in some respects. Like, how are they going to play into what's, you know, what's going on? Yeah, and see, what I thought they might be doing, because the ratings for this show have, have not been great. We mentioned how they lost a lot of their audience after season one. So I don't know if this is going to be one of those shows that gets a third season. This may be the, the end for it. And so I thought they might be playing down that path where uh, the nanos are dying and uh, Aaron is going to be able to defeat them or, or kill them off, give them a virus like he tried and just kind of let them die. And then the ability for the power will be restored, but you still have this other enemy out there with the Patriots that has to be overcome. And so maybe the rest of the season would be trying to bring order and union back to the United States because we really don't know the world. You know, we don't know what other countries are going through um, other than they're without power. So the rest of the season might be trying to restore some sort of United States and then give us hope as the season, which what would possibly be the series finale. And they could still do that, but now they've made the nanites more powerful than they ever have been before. And so there's uh, not only the patriots looming over them, it's it's really the more powerful nanites that are a bigger threat now than ever. And, and I'm not sure where they're going to going to go with it. Yeah. And what, yeah, what does, what would they want to do? Like what does it, it almost leaves it in a space where Anything else that's happening is almost doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because what the nanotech could do something at any time. That's where I liked the first half of this season. I thought was interesting. I thought we were going towards finding out that somehow that Aaron had some sort of control over being able to use the nanites that that they weren't just acting on his behalf. He was actually he actually had some sort of control and I thought it would have been interesting to find out that something that he had worked on way before that somebody else added into the technology would have you know after or some you know something and or or based on the you know the nuclear bombs going off that something changed you know some sort of explanation that would have because they've always sort of hinted at they've never totally gone into you know back when they had the book about you know going about what was happening and stuff like that and he was like why do you have a picture of me in here and stuff and you you know that's when you and now they've gone and you find out more about that you know he was a big part of creating what what happened i thought that that would have been interesting or it'd have been interesting if somehow the major three people or whatever that were would have had some control over them and <laughs> they have some sort of you know battle or something like that sure and peter still seems to be like he's got some sort of communion with the the nanites so perhaps because of of that then peter if if he has a change of heart might be able to to do something where aaron might have been in the position to do at the beginning of the season before um you know cynthia was killed and, and he had that kind of 
that's where kind of he lost his his communion with the, with the nanites. But my theory right now, this this just kind of came to me in a in a, in a random thought during our podcast the other day, and I, I kind of like it, so I'm going to stick with it for now. Uh, my my random theory right now, we've seen Aaron has a pendant still that he's carrying around with him. So um, my, my theory is that he'll be able to use that pendant to create some sort of force field, if you will, um, get himself access to some sort of computer terminal, create a virus or break the code in some way that it will shut down the nanites and use the, like I said, use the, the pendant as a, as a force field to keep them from being able to stop him. But how that all works, I don't, I don't yet know. But that's kind of my working theory. Could be because it, right now it just left me. I was like, that was a fun episode. Mm-hmm. But now we have, we you know, the all powerful on their own, right? Nanotech that just seemed like too much. Just like it's it it's too much lording over everything else that's going on is that you could have this inner squirmish of trying to take over, take back over the country from the Patriots or all this stuff, but at any time the nanotech could just go, yeah, I don't like any of you. Right. <laughs> and to me, that's just, uh, I, I need to know something more about, you know, or somebody needs to be able to get control or, or something like that. Uh, that's where it was more interesting in the first season. Uh, I think this, this series as a whole has been, sort of stretches of okay it it premieres interesting and then it sort of follies around for a few episodes and then they switch things up and it gets interesting again but then they find the tower and things get less interesting and then they start this new season by basically getting rid of you know the the power and stuff like that and hinting at these other things with the fireflies and all these things and the series becomes interesting again <laughs> Yeah, and then they get to a certain point where now you're like, okay, it's less interesting. Uh, do they have one more turnaround in them for yeah, to, to end this season or, or or what? I don't know. I hope hopefully. Yeah, well, for me, it's it's as interesting now as it ever has been. I I think it has continued to get more interesting as the, as the series has has gone on. But with this latest twist after the last episode, that's where I'm I'm not sure uh, <laughs> it's a, how it's this too is all far. Yeah, I mean, it gets, it, they've made, like I said, they made the, the Nanites more powerful than, than ever before. I don't know. We'll see. I've, you know, we'll it's see. one of those, it's one of those that uh, I've watched this long. I'm not going to, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to at least make it to the end of this season. And sure. But if it were to get a third season based on the way things happen, I'd probably watch the beginning of a third season <laughs> to see if they, yeah, exactly. If, see where if they again, go. They, they, they got interesting. So we'll see if it holds on. I I am in the camp that I don't believe it will. Um, but that's Revolution. And I don't know if I'll ever get caught up. I really have no interest. Um, just because I'm so behind on everything else. Next up, Helix. Season 1, Episode 10, Fushigi? Sure, why not? Sure. Yeah, I, I didn't realize these things had actual episode titles. I thought it was just day 1, day 2, day 3, day 10. I kind of wish they had just done that. Am I the only one that thinks they should have just stuck yeah. with day, day names? Yeah. Well, some of for for some of them because uh, I mean they 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 go back and forth between like you have an episode called Level X because they're trying to get to Level X, right? Then you have an episode called Fushigi, which you would need to look up in, <laughs> in a foreign language dictionary to find out what it means, right? Uh, so that, 
they go back and forth between a, just like a straightforward title and then some more, I guess, potentially interesting title, but uh, not interesting enough for me to actually go and look it up and see what it, <laughs> see what it means. I was hoping you could enlighten us. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daryl, we, we talked a little bit, well, through episode nine, level X last week, uh, but since uh, this is a show that you watch and also it was kind of a big episode for with reveals for the episode or for the series. What do you think, Daryl, of uh, Helix so far this season and some of the stuff we find out in uh, episode 10? Well, I, I've really enjoyed the, the series so far. I, I was a little cautiously optimistic about this show primarily because – and I think you and I talked about this at New Media Expo, Jason. We, I was really excited and looking forward to. Um, oh crap! Help me out here. Um, last fall, last spring, they they debuted. Uh, uh, um, oh, uh, uh, the 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 other uh, big the, series that they Defiance. Defiance. I was like, it starts with a D. Yeah. <laughs> um, come out with Defiance last year. I was so excited about it. And then I was really disappointed with it. Not that it was a, a bad show. Maybe my expectations were too high. So I entered Helix going, okay, this looks really good, but we'll see. And I've been really pleased with it. I've been really, it's, it's continued to grow. Uh, those characters that we thought we couldn't trust right away um, because they, you could tell they were hiding something. Now as some of those secrets are starting to come out, you realize that, they're yeah they still have done some bad things i mean dr hiroshi is, is kidnapping the kids and and all the stuff that he's done there i'm not going to justify his behavior but you find out at the same time what he's doing with the virus is actually better than what some of the others want to do with the virus and um so he's not as bad as a guy as you thought now i had figured out a couple, a little while, maybe two episodes before they had the reveal that he was actually uh, Julie's father or Julia's father. So I was glad they kind of went ahead and came out with that. But um, I've really enjoyed what they've what they've done with it. Uh, favorite death so far was Constance. I couldn't wait for her to die. She couldn't die soon enough, and I was <laughs> glad to see her go. <laughs> How do you like that? My trepidation going into the the series after the first couple episodes was this seems like a series that could potentially you know be interesting but that they are going to raise questions but are they going to continue to pile up questions yeah until we get to the end and then and then you know reveal some answers or or where it's at you know and if we get to the middle of the season and it's just more questions i'd be less less and less interested as it went along that way but I think they've done a good job of raising questions and then answering, you know, at least a little bit of something or, you know, getting a little more information about somebody mm -hmm. where you think somebody's bad and then finding out they actually are or or finding out they actually are. And now they're sort of changing back to you know, maybe yeah. the good side or like you said, uh, the the main doctor, while not being truthful and and stuff also not as bad as you know sort of the rest of the group that he's a part of right uh, type of thing those those are interesting but they gave like sort of the biggest reveal uh so far with them being you know they're being like 500 immortals right so, uh, the the thing they don't tell you is like how how really they became such uh you assume that based on something that was done to them or whatever. And 
and that apparently it's passed on to your children since Julia is has the uh, that was I, I said this last week too the the great line of you have your father's eyes right <laughs> and he takes out the contacts and so that's a that's a pretty big reveal here with three episodes left uh, you know it sort of raises it's a reveal that raises more questions but that's what I'm fine with in a show like this is I'm fine yeah. if you continue to ask questions or if or if finding out information raises new questions because that's how things happen you know sure is you find out something and that makes you go well what about this exactly uh, but if the thing I've liked about the series is they maintain that creepy atmosphere of the show and they've been able to delve into some interesting things about dealing with viruses or you know where science could go type of thing but also answered things along the way that bring up new questions that keep you interested in seeing the next episode yeah they've, they've really expanded the show quite a bit i mean you've got you've always had the cdc group and the group that dr hiroshi is overseeing in which Mostly his group, but a, a com combination of those two groups make up the vectors, which obviously the vectors are becoming more of uh, they're they're trying to they're like the zombies of the of the show trying to make their way towards those that are still living and they're getting closer. You have the five hundred that are out there, and then you have the group that Constance was a part of. So there's a, there's a lot going on with only three episodes remaining. And I don't expect them to resolve it all. They're going to set up a next season, I'm, I'm hoping and, and assuming so. Um, but the, the the idea of bringing in the 500 with this last episode was a, was a really big thing. Now, I took it that perhaps Hiroshi had done something to Julia when she was a child, that maybe she hadn't inherited the the um, uh, that silver eyes and, and uh, eternal life from her father that he had actually done something as an experiment on her but uh yeah, either yeah, way I yeah i don't know that's that's one of those things that it brings up you're like is it hereditary right is it something that he did some testing on his his daughter back then is it something that certain people have it seems that he obviously did something to her maybe he did something to her but it seems like when she was down with the vectors yeah and she thought she was going to be sick. Was it really something that it seemed like maybe he did something to her while they were down there when he went down there that you've never really found out if he did something or if her being infected with the virus is what changed her to what she is now because she didn't start out with the eyes like that. It wasn't until after she was either infected or he did something to her on top of yeah. that. And so they, yeah. they haven't really answered the question of how – I mean, they, he did say, you know, like look at her – closer at her DNA or something like that. And so I'm wondering if this Narvik A and B or whatever, if some strain of that is something that they figured out that certain people, when they get infected with it, they turn into immortals while other people that get infected with it turn into sort of – rational zombies <laughs> sure and he's injected her a couple of times that we've seen and her dna is changing we saw the dna that sample they took from when she first got there is different from the way it is now but there's also the other end of that with the guy they found at the radio station i think gunner was his name and 
I, I loved what they the, what they did with his character. He's chained, and so he's asking them repeatedly to free him. That's not what he means. He wants them to free him from his <laughs> immortality, and he ends up killing himself in a really gruesome way. But you know, uh, Hiroshi and Julia are going to face that same thing that that he. Uh, realized was at some point there's nothing that this world offers that is satisfying for eternity and you are going to want to be relieved of your life so that you can have some peace and especially uh, if you've been chained in a basement for 29 years yeah but it was it, i loved all the little reveals they gave us in the in the last episode and and can't wait for the next one it's it's really done a great job of of bringing the story along uh, at, at a really fast pace and answering things creating new questions as you said which which i like you know and uh yeah i don't think that they need to answer everything in in this but they've definitely opened it up uh that i sort of expect there to be a big some sort of a big reveal in the final episode, but maybe one that even makes you go, wait, now what does that mean? Type of thing. So, right. Which is kind of what they've done along the way. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, definitely on board for the last three episodes. All right. Helix moving on to our last show, the good wife season five, episode 13 parallel construction, bitches. I love this show. I'm so glad it's back. Yeah. I'm so glad it's back. It was so good. This episode put so many plates spinning in the air all yeah. at once, but sort of brought in things that they've been that they've either mentioned off in the past, you know, in past episodes or whatever. And over the next, you know, they're promising over like the next couple episodes, starting with, you know, tonight and then the next that there's like a three episode arc that changes things up again. I mean, if they can deliver like they could, they did at the beginning of this season, then with another with something big like that again that would be that'd be really really interesting uh to see yeah the thing that i like about this show i've said it before is well the characters and everything are great but the the cases that they work on are it really is sort of the law and order rip from the headlines type mm-hmm. of thing it's it really ripping the headlines from a completely different part of the paper than than law and order is it's not about necessarily murders or and while that happens occasionally, yeah. whatever, it's more about these other interesting tech things a lot of times. And what's really interesting is right now what they're delving into is the whole NSA spying thing. Right. And a version, you know, telling a version of that story, uh, which is, I think, you know, an interesting thing that this show does is they delve into within all this interesting characters and character drama that they create, they delve into some really interesting topics for their cases. Both things are what keep me watching the show. They, they've yeah. really created this interesting mix that make it, while overall it it flows like uh, story-wise kind of, like a law yeah. show, there is you know a case that they're working on each week for the most part. Sometimes things move over the course of a few weeks or something like that. But it's seeing how these people deal with these things and then delving into these interesting topics of, uh, and it's such a, you know, it's such a creative way. It's such a, I just love the character study that we get to see every week. We get to see like these really faulty, like severely damaged characters every week. And I love that. And 
I think that they've handled the breakup of the relationships, uh, the, not just the relationships, the uh, partnerships and Lockhart Gardner and Flora Gagos. Like, I really think that they're handling it so well. Yeah, I liked Alicia in this episode. She's like, we see them more than we did when we yeah, worked there. <laughs> exactly. And I love that. And I, I like that somebody asked someone, like, will we see these people, like, actually have, actually have cases with other people? Because everything seems to be Lockhart Gardner right now. And they did say yes. Like, we would see that. But I think it has to be with Lockhart Gardner right now because that's the sorest subject. And that's going to, you know, kind of bring out the best of the lawyers. Well, they're all sort of tied into now they've yeah. brought in, you know, even another great sort of character actor in Eric Bogosian to play this yeah. sort of ass of a DOJ investigator. And these guys are always... Uh, <laughs> the way they bring some of these people in and stuff, and he's just like after all this stuff, and it's going to make for an interesting partnership. Where now, yes. what is Will going to do, and how? And Alicia and the governor, and you know this whole voting thing, and now they've sort of gotten a hint at maybe they are being, you know, listened to by the NSA or somebody right. is. They're still not. They still haven't made the jump yet that. That like it's basically <laughs> floated out from Alicia and one of their right. previous uh, uh, you know contacts. Uh, I do like that they built it all off of it was all built off of Teen Girl continuing to dial uh, Alicia's son, right? You know, exactly. and hanging up and stuff like that. That was that she had some obscure connection to some terrorist, and that was enough right. to get the NSA warrant that they've then continued to expand to cover other things yeah i love the first episode back i don't want to spoil anything but i loved the second episode back i'm not gonna say anything else i just <laughs> loved it i just really like how they're writing for everybody and how everybody just feels i mean everybody everybody got something and it was yeah. all worked in and her going back to lockhart gardner and saying that carrie is lying that they're but yet while technically you know, they're not really being listened to. Right. They sort of are if at any time they're being contacted about from other people that that it, that NSA thing keeps expanding out to other people. Right. Exactly. And, uh, so it's just an interesting topic that they're covering in an interesting way. Yes. But then also continuing, they've set it up that Alicia and Will are going to have to come to some sort of terms. Yeah, they're going to you know, have this to. This is going to force things uh, in that relationship to, to some point. Uh, and so that's the other thing that's interesting that this show does is they use these things to push the character drama. Exactly. And just the pace at which a show... I, when I looked up, when I was watching the episode last night and realized that it was only half over... Yeah. And so much so had happened. So much happened. Like, so much had happened. And I was like, there's still, like, two more segments of this show. Yeah. Two or so more segments of this show coming. Yeah. The amount of story that they fit into, you know, their 42 to 44 minutes of an episode is is something right. else. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much more to say except that I love it. And I just want more people to watch it. And I want it to come back for season six. And I just... I need the good wife in my life. That's it. I just can't. While it's, uh, I mean, it it has that really good overall number. It doesn't get the greatest, yeah, you know, eighteen to forty nine number, but it gets a pretty solid overall number that uh, 
I'd like to. I, I hope they they keep it around. And it's so critically acclaimed, like. Yeah, well, it's considered by you know sort of the upper echelon critics or whatever. The yeah. Good Wife is like one of the few network shows that they even talk about anywhere right. near things like right. Mad exactly. Men's or Breaking Bad's or or you know those types of shows or you know like a True Detective or right those sort of more prestige dramas and stuff like that. So yeah, I'd, I it would be sort of a, a shock if it didn't in yeah. some respects. But who knows? Who knows? But it's also the type of series that has enough ongoing story that whenever they decide to end it, I sure hope they tell them. Yeah, it's <laughs> Because true. these are it's characters true. that you spend a lot of time with, and you'd like to see them left in such a way where obviously their lives would continue to go on, but some sort of closure to, right. uh, to, the, to the, the present story type of exactly. thing. So that's the good way. Um, just some quick reality things. The Amazing Race. Jason, which one are you watching? The Amazing Race or Survivor? Me? Weren't you watching one? Nope. Who was I talking to on this that was talk? Who was I on with the last time? I don't know. Was it Rob Sesternino? No, we talked. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember talking to somebody about how stupid the brains are. Um, the Amazing Race, anyway. The Amazing Race, I... You were talking about I that with Ray a couple weeks ago. Then, okay. Then I remember it. Anyway, I'm glad that the twins are gone. And I don't care who wins at this point. Everybody is a team that I will root for, except maybe the Afghanimals. I don't really like them. But I really want John and Connor to win. Dave and Connor? I think it's Dave and Connor, not John and Connor. Dave and Connor to win because they're awesome. And they, like, won legs during their races, like when they were first on, with a busted Achilles tendon. Like, and now they're actually healthy. So that's awesome. And then Survivor. Man, there are a lot of dumb people on this season. A lot of them. And most of them are on the Brains tribe. <laughs> I was going to ask, are they? Are any of those in the in the I, Brains tribe? I mean, tribe? they're just so dumb. Like, like they voted out someone who could help them win challenges, and they didn't vote out the person who lost two challenges in a row for them. And that person that they didn't vote out poured all of the rice into the fire, so they have no food. Like, it's just the dumbest thing ever. It sounds like that maybe the producers of the show didn't really know. How to classify brains, apparently. Yeah, they did it. If all the it's, stupid stuff is being done by the people that were supposed to be the smartest. Yeah, it's the not the greatest. But I'm really enjoying the season, even though there's like dumb people. Because it's it's kind of getting back to the Survivor we had been without for a while. Because returning players were there and they already knew how to play the game. And they were kind of, you know, they were veterans. And now these new people aren't. And they, you know, they watched it, but they never played it. So they're, they're, that's, that's interesting. So it's interesting to see them kind of approach that. And then <laughs> I just noticed this. The last one I wanted to talk about is Project Runway Under the Gun. But Jason, you typed Project Runaway. Yeah, I did. <laughs> which is hilarious because this show is just a train wreck. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. Nick, the, the one mentor is, he's like designing clothes for people. When you can't do that when you're a mentor and trying to get them to design their own clothes, I just think it was a, a gross miscalculation. Nobody liked him when he was on his seasons. He barely got a team together because nobody picked him when they got to pick their mentors. I just, I don't think it's going to go well for him. I don't think his team is going to win. That's my reality check. Jason has a TV on DVD pick for Tuesday, Tuesday, March 18th. Yeah, just wanted to mention that the Flashpoint season six is coming out. Partially, it's on my list uh, as something because I want—I never, even though it played on Ion, I never was able to keep up with the final season. 
of mm. the show, and uh, so it's it's one that I want to want to see. It's it's basically a, a procedural in a lot of respects, but not a lot of ongoing story. Yeah. But the part of the ongoing story or things is that was interesting to me is this group of totally blanking what would what we would call a SWAT team down here uh, in the states. Uh, they're equivalent up there in uh, Toronto, Canada. It had the action and delved into interesting stories of the week of the people that were taking the hostages or or doing whatever this team was pursuing. It had a lot of you know those aspects. But what was interesting to me about it was the end of the episodes and how the people that had to deal with these heavy situations, mm-hmm. what it did to them as a group, you know, what their family life was like when they would come home from a day after, you know, an, an, a big hostage negotiation or if somebody had to actually shoot somebody. They really played into it. It wasn't the high-flying action we're a group of cowboys. We're out there having, you know, fun with our big guns and stuff like that type of show. It was a more, it was a lot more interesting uh, portrayal of these, uh, you know, these cops and this mm-hmm. type of work that they did and how they dealt, you know, they had to deal with uh, those things in their everyday lives, which was, to me, was the extra little thing that added to the, you know, sort of the regular cop showness of it. I watched like the first season and maybe not even the full first season and that's it. I never went back for the other five. And it stars Veronica Mars's dad, so you know. I love how, him. How can you go wrong? I love Enrico Colantoni. I really do. He's one of my favorite people on earth. All right, so that's TV on DVD. Next week, Jason will be joined by Kyle Nolan from noreruns.net. And Mike Moody, who writes for Antenna Free TV. Uh, you can find the links to the news stories and DVDs we talked about, as well as where you can find Daryl and his podcast online at tvtimes3.com slash 217. You can leave a comment there or email us via feedback at tvtimes3.com and let us know what you think about the shows we discussed this week. Uh, also, we have a little shout out here. We'd like to thank Adam Stabelli for liking us on Facebook and Shirley Mae Smith for following us on Twitter. Plus, Leslie Hassler did both. So thank you all. Uh, thank you, Daryl, for joining us. Always fun to chat. I mean, I'd assume because this is our first time, <laughs> yeah. but I had a good time talking to you today. <laughs> that, I had a good time. That bodes well for another conversation, I'd imagine. <laughs> um, yes, thank you. And, and I'm sure Jason will have you back as in our rotating guest uh, group here. The opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And that's all she wrote, gang. I can say it was always fun, well, sort of three yes. times since uh, yes. this is the second time you've been on, uh, on here. I was just and then, speaking for Jason. Yeah, and then we recorded <laughs> that special episode uh, for, for Golden Spiral Media at New Media Expo. So right, yeah. always, always a good time. Uh, uh, talking some TV. Excellent. Well, dang. Yeah, it was great. My dog is staring me down. She's already come and hit me twice. Like, she just sat next to me, and now she started to bark. Uh, I think she has to go inside. So, on that note, <laughs> I need to head out so that she stops barking. Um, all right. I'm off to California on Wednesday, and I may yeah, never come so back. So, maybe in a, well, in a, a couple, three, four weeks or whatever, when you're on next, uh, we'll get the... Uh, We'll get the Paley update from you. Yes, you'll get the scoop. All right. All right. 
Thanks again. I'll talk to you guys later. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.